It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. Tonight's tale of terror comes from the Trick or Treaters podcast. Join them as they journey into the horrifying unknown. <laughs> you are listening to the Trick or Treaters podcast, part of the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Movie reviews, horror news, and all the gory details. Listen if you dare. And hello everyone, and welcome to episode number 30 of the Trick or Treaters podcast. I am your host, Kyle, and as always, I am joined by my wonderful co-host, JR. But uh, it's not just me and JR today. Uh, as those who listen, we're talking about Ari Aster's Midsummer. Uh, on today's episode, and you know, you can't talk about Midsummer without bringing, without having a May Queen, and we have the May Queen herself, Cece, from the Scream Queens. Hello. How's everybody doing today? I'm good. JR, how are you? Well, I will say <laughs> yesterday was the official last day of our spring semester at my university, where tomorrow officially kicks off. Uh, basically like a one week, technically like one week off before we get into like our summer session. But we're, as for all intents and purposes, we're now in like our summer schedule mode until pretty much the end of August. Oh, awesome. Oh, wow. That, that should be fun then. You should be getting a little bit of a break then for, for a little bit, right? Well, the way my, for all intents and purposes, like my full-time job, which is a program coordinator where I, I was only teaching part-time, but... For me, everything kind of leads up till summer. So because there's summer, we do our summer transition programs. And that's what we're like, my kind of focus on is right now is leading up to summer. It's still very interesting because for us, even though as you know, as you've seen, as each week passes by, pretty much everything is opening up. And I, I just got word, I think like two days ago, for example, on June 15th, you know, Dodgers, the LA Dodgers are going to have full capacity for games. So it's interesting because while sporting events are going to be full capacity, which I'm assuming after that, like concerts and, and events of that nature are going to start being booked soon in throughout the state of California. But for summer, because of our summer schedule already being set months in advance, because that's how it has to happen for student, for college students when they register for classes like our classes are already online, which means we're still be working from home, even though, you know, most of California is going to be open up. So that's the interesting part is as we're trying to navigate this summer transition programs, we're still going to do everything online. So, uh, Hmm. but you know, it's one of those things where, you know, hopefully we we get through this and we're looking, we're really looking forward to, you know, the fall semester, what, you know, fall is going to bring us and, you know, and that's pretty much it. I just started uh, summer classes. I'm doing six weeks of one and six weeks of another. It should be fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Intense. Yeah, summer classes are no joke. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's for us. That's one of the things we're looking at is the summer schedule for our transition programs are pretty much all day where they do classes in the morning and then they do workshops in the afternoon. And because of the short time frame, and for this year, because of it being online, it's probably going to be four weeks. 
it's just nonstop, like go, go, go for the students. And the reason, as we say, you have a, such a short amount of time to encapsulate, you know, weeks or months of information. And that's the hard part. So it's it's very rigorous to do summer classes. I, I always tell students, like, once you're a part of a university or college, I, I highly recommend don't taking summer school unless you're like really pushing to get out, at, you know, super early. I, you know, I never went through summer school because I was just like, everybody needs a break. But, you know, I've had students gone through summer and they, you know, like, I just want to get out here as fast as possible. Yeah. I didn't do fall. So I started in spring. So I figured I'd go through the summer too. So. Well, yeah. this sounds like all, uh, y'all all have busy schedules ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, there's not really uh, any, I haven't seen much news uh today to talk about but i will say uh just two things i want to touch upon before we get into this uh but first uh i i uh yesterday i saw spiral and uh it was it it, it was fun uh i enjoyed it It, my, my problem is is that i have been uh I keep hearing from people that uh, this was basically marketed as like a detective movie, like in the realm of seven. And that's what I was expecting. But then when I went and watched it, it was, it has detective aspects of it, which I enjoyed. And it's a lot less torture porn than, than other Saw films, but it's essentially still just a Saw film. Mm Hmm. I'm trying yeah. not to laugh because I never, I never heard the term virtual porn to describe soft films. Yep. Yeah. Oh, really? You've never yeah. heard that one? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's the basic terms for like Saul, like Hostel, and you know stuff like that. Like all these movies that are just like gruesome and just brutal for the sake of being gruesome and brutal. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and then another thing, uh, just something I just want to touch up on. Just because it's, it just happened recently. We won't. I won't give out any names or anything or say what happened. But I will say though that uh, oh, some people really need to you know take a step back and think about things before before they proceed and do things because you know we're trying the the horror community, HHN community, or any community in general is mm-hmm. supposed to be safe and uh, supposed to be safe and. Anybody should be should be comfortable in their fandoms or or communities, and you know, just don't be a shitbag or a creep and, and do shitty things like that. <laughs> it, yeah. it, just don't make people uncomfortable. Exactly. You, you know what? I'm gonna let me. I'm gonna get on a soapbox real quick because oh god, <laughs> I'm ready. No, you know what? It's just I, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know a whole lot of what would happen, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna try to keep it in broad terms. But this is the second time that something has come up since Kyle and I have been recording. And you know, the first time, you know, we I you know Kyle and I we talked about it ahead of time, and we we really didn't say anything besides what was posted on social media. But you know, this time, you know, it really kind of pissed me off because of my background and what I do and working with students and some of the people I worked with. Um, you know, the first time, and I don't even, I don't even, I don't even remember what it was like the first time, you know, it had to do because a person doesn't understand that. I think people listening to Kyle and I kind of understand, like we have probably like certain ideological, 
ideologies that lean to the left, especially if you follow us on Twitter. And, you know, and, and for some purpose, I'm, I'll be honest and I don't give a shit. I'm a, you know, financial conservative, but I'm, you know, very liberal come when it comes to social issues, whether it's, you know, gay rights or uh, immigration re- reform and stuff like that. So, you know, the first time something happened where a guy doesn't understand when someone like Gina Carano, who's a transphobe and comparing what's happening because douchebag conservatives like fucking Marjorie Taylor Greene or or that fucking idiot from Florida, uh, Matt Gates or that other moron from from Pennsylvania, Jim Jordan, you know, that don't understand that, you know, the term cancel culture, though, what it is, is not cancel culture. It's being held accountable for saying stupid shit. And when you're saying that, oh, you can't be a Republican today, it's similar to like the Holocaust. No, it's not, motherfucker. Let me tell you something. Like I've met Holocaust survivors. I have family members who are Jewish. Like I have um, been, you know, if you ever gone to Museum of Tolerance, you clearly will understand there's a huge difference between what people went through in Nazi Germany during World War II times and the Holocaust to you being an asshole in today's society by saying, you know, whether it had to do with anti, you know, anti-vaxxers or, um, you know, anything that's involved, like, you know, people, you know, going after Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. That's not, you know, there's no comparison to doing that and the Holocaust. That's the first one. So I didn't say anything back then, but that's what's going to lead me to this. You know, recently I, I saw or heard what happened because besides if CC or Kyle don't tell me, like, honestly, I don't, I really don't know what happens because I don't follow a lot of people, but you know, all three of us and even some of our other friends in the slashing cast network, you know, we're members of the horror and wrestling community. And one of the things that people need to understand is you have to you are going to be held accountable for your actions and so if you if you want to potentially seek out you know a companion don't be a fucking douchebag don't be a fucking predator don't be an asshole don't be inappropriate it's very simple to be like say something to the effect like hi we have a lot in common i think you're pretty can i give you my phone number can we talk if the person says no it's over and done with there's no reason to be inappropriate. There's no reason to send explicit pictures. There's no reason to push or harass somebody because they don't want to be with you. It's over and done with. Move the fuck on with your life. And it just pisses me off because what happens is that for what happens is that our communities get bad names because it's like, oh, if you're in a wrestling community or if you're in this community, it's filled with a bunch of horrible human beings. And that's not the case. It's horrible human beings who who fucking infiltrate our communities and try to act like they're good people. And it's not it's not a men thing and it's not a woman thing. It's fucking it can happen a, a man can do it to another man, a, a woman can do it to another woman, a, a non-binary person can do it to a non-binary person and so on and so forth. Just don't be a predator and don't be a piece of shit. And I'll just and that is just as simple as put as that. And I, and it just really makes me mad because I've I've unf- I've had the opportunity, you know, I studied victims for for over three years when I was an undergraduate from victims of sexual assault, victims of domestic violence, victims of, of stalking, victims of cyber stalking. Um, I've worked with individuals who are, are victims and it's not easy. And the other thing, too, is also um, don't fucking tell a, a, somebody who was a victim to say, oh, call out, call out your fucking you know, predator or call out creeps. It's not that fucking easy because when it does happen, 
that people start victim shaming them. What did you do? Did you lead them on? Did you flirt with them? Did you look this way? Did you do this? Did you do that? Mm -hmm. So, and that's fucking unacceptable too. And so, you know, and I'm going to just leave it at that. But fucking be better. Like I said, I get that everybody, you know, they especially if you're, you know, if you're single or you're not single and you and you feel like, you know, for some reason you want to take a walk on the wild side. And, you know, and there's I get that because all nowadays I'm on TikTok and I see swingers and poly and all that stuff like I get it. And that's on you. But there's appropriate way to do things and there's inappropriate ways to do things. And if just, somebody says no, then that's it. It's overdone with. Move on with your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just don't. Uh, uh, basically, just don't slide into someone's DMs and and flirt with them. You know, especially if you don't know if if it's going to be reciprocated or not. Exactly. Like I said, I I don't know what the situation is, but I know it happens all the time. You know, and I have you know friends who told me they've gotten inappropriate DMs or you know, sexually explicit, you know, photos and videos and stuff like that. And you see it all the time, you know, especially in wrestling where you you see female wrestlers get dick pics and stuff like that. It's just like, don't do it. It, Mm -hmm. you know, and for me, yeah, I I will be honest. I met my wife through MySpace. Like we, you know, that's how old I go back to MySpace and we (laughs) DM'd each other. But there was a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. It literally was like, hey, how are you doing? Do you want to hang out sometime? Get, you know, do you want to talk? Can I give you my phone number? And literally, and that's the end of it. Yeah. You know, my my, you know, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure I'm right. My brother met his wife through a dating app. You know, there's like there's stuff out there. Like it's not it's there's a, appropriate ways to do things. But the minute that someone feels uncomfortable or someone tells you, no, I'm not interested, it's it's shut down. It's over and done with. The doors closed. Move on with your life. And I and I can't say I can't say that enough. But it's it's just true. Continually harassing somebody. Or being explicit is unacceptable. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Bingo. Don't be a creep. Uh, <laughs> uh, moving, uh, moving on before we get to the review, I guess. Uh, and I'm off my soapbox. Move before we get to the review, though. We'll just kind of go over uh, some things uh, in the movie. Uh, I, I will say that he's heard me say it numerous times. If they gave me the job to write the tagline for this movie, it would simply be two words. Fuck Christian. Jared, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know this was your first time watching the movie. Uh, for What's your initial thoughts? You know, um, as I mentioned before we got on, is that I am... I'm very much, I think I even said last week, I'm very into slasher films. I just like, you know, things like Halloween, I'm on Elm Street, Friday the 13th. Um, this film from, and I said, for lack of a better word, like a psychological horror film is, um, it's some, it's one of those ones where watching it, it is a very good film and it has, it has a very deep story, but you have to pay attention to the film. Um, if you don't pay attention to the film, it's very easy to get lost in the film and you don't realize like where you're at in certain points. And so that's one of the ones if nobody has seen um, Midsummer is that before you sit down, you need to like clear the next two hours and some minutes away. I think it's about two and a half hours, um, maybe even um, 
and so out of your life and just say like this is what you're gonna do for this next two and a half hours you're gonna sit down you're gonna pay attention you're gonna watch this film the other thing too is i was i really enjoyed the um the score of the film i think the score added a lot to the film and certain parts of it and and getting you kind of amped up into certain scenes or having you like kind of express like the emotion of a scene especially like the beginning part and then the when it came for the needs for this for special effects like Mm -hmm. i was like holy fuck that was i mean the gore in the some of these effects was insane yeah the uh i'm glad you mentioned the score dude because that in that opening that opening scene with the the awful thing uh the score just added so much to that oh yeah absolutely i say throughout Uh, the whole movie really oh yeah 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 there's there's the score adds so much to it uh one of the other things that i liked was uh the fact that uh, when they're in, when they're there, uh, when they're there with the cult, uh, sometimes when they're speaking a different language, uh, there's no subtitles, and that's done on purpose to, to create like a uh, to, to, to basically make it to where like a, a putting you 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 in the perspective. Of them who of, of putting put you in perspective of them who who are there uh, who who can't understand what they're saying to, just to keep you you know guessing like you know wow what's going on here mm-hmm. and uh so since that was JR's first time and uh, we got his thoughts uh you know CC this is one of your favorite movies of uh, what are some of your thoughts um you know this is my first Ari Aster movie um. I have never seen Hereditary, which came out before this, and um, I saw this alone in theaters uh, with not much sleep the night before, so I was just very, my mind was just all over the place when I left the theater, because I was just like, holy shit, what did I just watch, you know? Um, Obviously, a lot of people have that feeling when they come away from this movie, Um, so I did, that. I had to process it for a while after I first saw it. Um, it's become, yeah, one of my favorites for sure. Um, the imagery, uh, cinematography, uh, the score, just everything about it is just perfectly calculated in my opinion and put together so well. I think Ari Aster is a genius, um, in my opinion, and, uh, I love Hereditary just as much. I think I like this one just a tad bit more only because I just love Danny so much as the like main character. And, uh, She's Florence Pugh is just fantastic. Um, but yeah, it's just everything Ari Aster does is, is incredible. So, oh, yeah, yeah, th- this is a uh, this I find is a very polarizing film as well. It seems that uh, it seems that people who are fans of Ari Aster, it, uh, some people love Hereditary, hate Midsummer, some people love Midsummer, hate Hereditary. And then there's there's a slight and then and then there's some in between, but 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 a, a not as many as you would think. Uh, of course, me and me and you, CC, are the are, are the uh, are some of them who, who like both. But it, it it it's odd how like some like one and some don't like the other, even though there's a lot of the same elements in this one. Right. Yeah. In both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a question. So I because I haven't seen Hereditary yet. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, buddy. <laughs> so, um, in, in 
I'm going to compare it to a different movie. Do in this movie, I felt like it's a film, as I mentioned earlier, like you can't, you really have to pay attention to fully understand this film. But there's also my friend who is, he's an English made uh, graduate. He's like light years smarter than me. Um, he really enjoys films that have like a lot of thought process into it. So like he watches a lot of films that get nominated for Oscars because they're typically ones that, you know, that people find more in depth and everything else he calls the popcorn films. So for example, like if I were to say a popcorn horror film is like, let's say Saw. It's like, you know, when you get to like the sequels, like it's really not a whole lot to think about. You think some people may not like this film because it is a film that you have to really, you know, have a sit down and really think about the film and pay attention versus a film that you can just put on and it could be background noise and you can not, you know, pretty much understand the gist of the film. I don't want to sound pretentious, uh, but yes, I think a lot of people don't like it because they don't understand or appreciate like artsy films, if that makes sense. Um, Cause this is a very art artsy film in my opinion, like things like this, uh, the lighthouse by Robert Eggers, um, stuff like that. Yeah. If you're not into those kind of art house films and things that where you have to really, yeah, you do have to pay a lot of attention. I feel like you're just not going to enjoy it as much. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, one of the things too is, uh, this is a, like, you know, we've talked about the score and everything, and you know, we know the movie is this. Uh, it, this is a really beautiful film. Like as far as cinematography mm-hmm. and everything, it, it's it, there's so many amazing shots in this film. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and watching it, one of the things that's extremely fascinating to me is how you have this cult. Like you know, it's I mean, it's a cult at the end of the day, but this cult environment in this amazing scenery imagery that's like with that's out in a farm and you know looks like beautiful springtime and while all that's happening you have all this crazy chaos in the background it's like it's like they don't you know the combination you know it's um it's i'm gonna try to use a fancy word and i'll probably fuck it up it's a weird juxtaposition it's like you don't mix like gore with like dandelions it's so weird but but i think that's what makes it so unique you know it's all you have this you know amazing like you know most horror films are dark and ominous and when you see this especially um i I don't want to i'll show you the scene but like we get to the parts of the clip it's just like oh everything's okay what the fuck are you talking about everything's okay people are dying (laughs) yeah uh, uh, another thing that i think i'll uh that I feel like is one of the reasons that like people don't like this movie. Uh, it, it probably like makes people uncomfortable uh, because I don't know how many people realize it, but with, without even w- without you realizing it or not, this film literally grooms you from the beginning mm-hmm. to so, so, so that you'll see all this stuff that's happening and how shitty these people are to, to Danny. So that at the end, you, you, you know, you're pretty much cheering and you're okay with it. But then at the end of the day, you got to think, wait, this is really bad. I shouldn't be okay with this, but I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the first time I saw it, I was like, okay, good for her. And then now I'm really realizing it and, you know, doing more analyzing over the years now. It's like, no, this cult, you know, Pele was, was grooming her the entire time. And then the cult started, you know, following up with that. And, 
so yeah, you realize it after a couple of watches, you know, you realize something every time you watch it at least. Yeah. You're just like sitting there. You're just like, wait a minute. Am I being groomed here? <laughs> I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, 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 yeah. There's a lot of stuff you don't realize. You, this is definitely maybe you need to watch like multiple times cause, to see a bunch of stuff. Cause like it wasn't until we did our watch party with it that I realized that, uh, and it, 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 it's, it's hard to catch, but it, it's so it's so fucking uh, awesome of Ari Aster, uh, the way he did this. Uh, there's a part where whenever Danny, whenever Danny gets lifted up, whenever she's the May Queen and they lift her up, you can see her sister's face in the background in the trees. And it's so fucking creepy when you realize it. Mm-hmm. But the, there's just so many... Uh, there's just so much stuff like that and i don't know if you picked up on it jr and i i intentionally didn't tell you so you wouldn't look at it do you know that the entire plot for the movie every single thing that happens in this movie is shown to you in the very beginning no i did not yeah that opening moral pretty much shows everything that's going to happen in the movie yep you gotta pay attention to all the, like art behind them and the murals and stuff they show because a lot of it alludes to what's gonna happen and foreshadowing and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like there's really a part where Christian before before they go to Sweden, uh, he's in somebody's apartment and he's admiring a painting and it's a painting of a bear suit uh, on fire, mm-hmm. which pretty much foreshadows what happens to him. Yep, <laughs> it's crazy. And uh, this is one I didn't catch. So I was reading up on it uh, in the opening moral. Uh, there's a there's a sun, and it, it it's kind of like got like a diminished a diminished smile. And at the end, Danny is is replicating that that exact smile. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which is really cool. But uh, does anyone else have anything they want to add before we get into the review? Well, we'll probably add as we go. You know, just depending on the scenes. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good then. Uh, well, like I said before, everybody who's listening, we are talking about Ari Aster's Midsummer. Hit the trailer. 9 p.m. That can't be right. The sky is blue. This is what 9 p.m. is like here. <laughs> Welcome and happy Midsummer. Unbelievable. <laughs> Let our feast commence. It's like they're trying to make it gross. What are they playing? Skin the fool. Skin the fool. So we're just gonna ignore the bed. It's a bear. Dude, of all the things to let me sleep through. That sounds fun. Okay, so Ari Aster's Midsummer. It was released on July third, twenty nineteen in the in the U.S. and July tenth, twenty nineteen in Sweden. Has a runtime of approximately one hundred and forty eight minutes, and then there is an extended cut that adds thirty more minutes to it. And of course, CC owns that one. I still need to watch it. 
yeah, from what I was reading, so originally this got an NC seventeen rating. Wow. And and uh, and so they cut stuff, and then that got it down to uh, to R. But the stuff they cut is what's in the director's cut. Okay. Yeah. So it must be pretty bad. In NC-17, that's... Mm. Wow. <laughs> and apparently there's more night stuff in the director's cut. Yes. Because like in this movie, there's only like a couple scenes of nighttime, if that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, as we said before, this is directed by, uh, by Ari Aster, which, you know, is one of CC's favorite directors. And, I mean... I'm I'm starting to really like him. Like he he's really coming up. Like he's done some really great films in the past the past few years. I, I'm excited to see uh, uh, other stuff he does. Yeah, absolutely. And it stars Florence Pugh, Jack Rayner. I think I'm saying that if I if I butcher a name, just correct me. Uh, William Jackson Harper, Will Wilhelm. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Elora Torchia. I don't know if I said that right. Probably not. not. Sure. <laughs> yeah, Archie, uh, Archie Madikwi and Will Poulter. And uh, here's Jr.'s favorite part. It had a budget of nine million dollars, and it received a box office of approximately forty-seven point nine million. Woo! Yeah, Thank God, hell, was <laughs> some some money. That, that movie made. I honestly would be interested in this is one of the films that I would be really interested to see what was the like the streaming numbers like you know um mm-hmm. like on demand rentals and and obviously because you know DVDs are you know stores like Blockbuster thing of the past but when I see something like this I feel like in the beginning like that's really good you know fifty million dollars you know for forty eight million dollars but I feel like this is a film that as more people talk about it that it gets more like um, momentum. So when it comes out on the, you know, Voodoo or Amazon Prime, that it can make generate even more revenue. Like, and so basically similar to like the last movie we covered, See No Evil, you know, it made $18 million box office, which was nothing, but it made $45 million in DVD rentals and sales. So mm. in th- with this Midsummer you know, that's a really good number, 48 million, but because of maybe some people didn't understand the film or saw like a pre saw a trailer and was like, ah, I don't think I'm going to go to the movie theaters and see that. But once it's, you know, especially in 2019 with social media, as it starts to generate interest, maybe people went, you know what, once it comes out on, you know, video on demand, I'll pay $6 or, you know, to rent it and watch it. Those are, I would be interested in that number. And the other thing that was also interesting to me, and I'll just throw this out, you know, the main character, Danny, played by Florence, you know, Florence, she did, you know, a number of movies about about 10 before um, 2019. And she did a few TV shows, like small things. The first film, like really film that she made that was kind of a somewhat of a big deal in my estimation was when she starred as the WWE superstar Paige in Fight With My Family. Mm-hmm. Then she did this followed up with Little Woman, and now she's probably going to have a very significant role moving forward in the Marvel Universe as she's uh, going to be in the Black Widow movie that was supposed to come out last year, but was delayed because of COVID, and it's coming out this summer. And um, I think she's probably going to have a very significant part. So she's somebody 
very quickly up. And I think this is a big reason why Midsummer she's going to be a force to reckon with in Hollywood. Yes, I hope so. I love her so much. Uh, my first role I saw her with was Paige and then this movie. So I, yeah, I hope she continues to get good roles and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. She's, uh, she's a good actress. I, I enjoyed her in, in this, of course. And I also really liked her as Paige in fighting with my family. Mm-hmm. I, I, I look forward to seeing, seeing anything else she does. Uh, was, uh, so like, you know, this movie, you know, the cult is based in Sweden, but like, uh, this movie, most of the movie was filmed in Hungary. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's interesting is that what I was reading up is that apparently Sweden, like while people here, you know, are like, oh, this is a really messed up movie or, you know, and, 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 and stuff like that. Sweden actually, uh, a lot of people in Sweden tend to think, uh, actually find this funny and sim- uh, uh, sort of think of it as more of a black comedy. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> which is insane. That's scary. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of scary. <laughs> uh, a, a, a little backstory to the film. So, this was originally this was a pitched to, to this was pitched to Ari Aster as just a straightforward slasher film set among Swedish uh, occultists, but. Uh, uh, Asher ended up devising uh, the screenplay using elements uh, of a deteriorating relationship as the central conflict because he was going through a difficult breakup at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, he said, and other people have even said, this is this movie is pretty much uh, the ultimate breakup movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so I guess we'll, we'll get into it. So we open up. And man, this opening is, whew, this, this opening, it, it, it really sets you up for the atmosphere of this movie. Because uh, we, we have a psychology student named Tani Ardor, which I told you earlier, CC, mm-hmm. Ardor is actually Latin for flame. Huh. Interesting. Uh, and she gets an email from her sister, Terry. And it's a you know pretty concerning, concerning email, and she tells her her boyfriend Christian, who's a fucking shitbag. Uh, <laughs> I hate that man more than anything. <laughs> uh, I've, I've I've said before like like my two most hated people in horror is this guy and Trent from the Friday Thirteenth reboot. And if I had to choose between hanging out with one of them for a day, I'd hang out with Trent <laughs> over Christian all day. Uh, but uh, she tells Christian about it. And this jackass just kind of writes it off and basically tells her that, Oh, you're just overreacting. Uh, he, he's basically like saying, no, you're just overreacting to this. Like you always do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, from the start, you're just like, man, fuck this dude. Uh, but, of course, she wasn't overreacting, and we come to find out uh, Terry uh, ends up killing her parents and herself in a really awful, awful way. 
Like, goddamn. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, of course, whenever, after the, we see all this happen, we see Danny, and she's, those cries are awful, awful, awful. Mm-hmm. And, and then we cut, and we have the title screen. And I'm like, wow, what a way to open this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'll say two things. One, you know, the opening, like, to set setting the tone, and I hate to use this because I can't think of another comparison that's, you know, someone in the same realm. But I remember when House of Cards, like, everybody was talking about the TV series on Netflix, House of Cards. Mm-hmm. And like right in the very beginning, the character Francis Underwood hears, you know, kind of like a car wreck comes outside and sees that the neighbor's dog had been hit by a car. Oof. And he, uh, you know, basically saying, you know, get help. And he basically, you know, the dog is injured and he, and I can't remember the line he is, but basically he he kills the dog. You know, he he suffocates. He you know chokes the dog, and it's like man, like that's the beginning of this TV series. Like it's really setting the gonna set the tone of what type of person the character Francis Underwood's gonna be in this TV series. And you know, with this film, you know, if that's the opening scene, is that you have a double murder homicide to set the tone of this film like where is this gonna go and you know i unfortunately you know know of a few people that have um lost a parent due to um a very extreme circumstance i've um i've had i i know someone who've lost both parents in a very extreme circumstance um, that was a tragedy that shouldn't have happened in both situations. And it's, you know, it really changed the, the effect it has on somebody of that age. I mean, any age would be unbearable, but especially the age of like, you know, a, a young college student. I mean, it really, um, you know, it, it really is going to set up the character of Danny for the rest of the film. And, you know, as people get into it, they're going to realize, you know, if you don't realize already, like, what does this mean? It's important when we get to when they end up getting to Sweden, why this scene is important for the character development of Danny, this beginning, Mm -hmm. this beginning part. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was it was insane. And those, I mean, also, like, personally, like those those cries were tough because as you guys know i lost my uncle you know a couple months ago and and you know when you know unexpectedly lose a sibling you know i remember hearing my you know my aunts and you know my uncle you know have those similar cries it's it's tough i mean so yeah that was that that was a very a very emotional brutal scene yeah so after so after we get past the title card uh, you know, we see Danny. She's on, uh, she's on her bed, and then Christian comes in, and you know th- they're talking, and th- th- they end up going to a, it's a party, right? Mm-hmm. CC, yeah, and they go to a party, and uh, Danny overhears 
a conversation between Christian and his friends, uh, and all of Christian and his friends are all, all are all anthro uh, culture cultural anthropology students, yeah. and they're all planning a trip to Sweden because uh, their friend uh, Josh, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, is wanting to do his thesis on a. Uh, oh, he was doing it on Midsummer Traditions it. through the different countries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And she overhears that, and then she realizes that, you know, Christian hasn't said anything about that, did tell her, and it's coming up soon. And it's really, really, really shitty, because whenever she confronts Christian about it, he immediately gaslights her to the point to where he uh to where she's apologizing for something that she didn't do mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like wow dude wow it's like yeah <laughs> steel <laughs> it's like this is the beginning of the movie and i fucking hate this guy okay so i, I have to say something <laughs> so i'm gonna God, I, I feel I hate to feel like I'm gonna defend him. <gasps> no, I swear to God, I swear to God. So if you say I, I, you don't mind Christian, no. But what it is, is, okay. So I'm gonna, I am gonna somewhat defend him, but I'm also gonna say like he also doesn't have ground to stand on. So in the beginning, one of the scenes that we missed uh, as the beginning opening of her having, um, you know, Danny going through all that, like because she's basically getting, she got that email and she's from her sister and she's like trying to email her sister like please respond please respond you know calls her parents somebody answers and then she calls um christian and christian's like you know you're freaking out your sister always does this well christian's with her with is with his two friends and they're talking about um you know the relationship and i can't i think it was the character played by will um the uh, Will Poulter, um, the character uh, in the movie, his name is Mark, and he said, "Like, well, you're gonna break up with her anyways. Like, just do it already." Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Christian, uh, you know, in his, unfortunately, you know, we have this, you know, double murder suicide that greatly affects Danny. So now he can't leave her because he had, he's the only one now. Like, he's legitimately the only one that she has now in this film is just him. And that is a very, very brutal thing to take on himself, especially like when the fact is that like he doesn't want to be with her anymore, because that was basically what I said in the beginning of the film. Um, I say so. I, I, I'm kind of like trying to like I kind of understand what he's coming from, but I've always said like if you don't want to be with somebody, like just fucking tell me you don't want to be with them. So you should have broken up with her for a year before, you know, this movie ever happened. Which, but then if that happened, we wouldn't have a film. <laughs> so right, but. Like, it's a, that's like I said, that's a heavy burden that Christian puts on because in the fact that he didn't want to be with her and be like, he doesn't want to be with her at all, and he does, but he also can't leave her. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying, JR, but like, also, it's like, uh, one of the things that I also noticed that also is like, once again, almost everybody in this. Well, pretty much almost everybody in this movie is all really fucking shitty. Uh, 
you know, Danny just went through that awful fucking tragedy. And it seems like these people don't give a shit and that it's honestly more of an inconvenience to them. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. They <laughs> like, treat her like, yeah, yeah. like that's how, like they don't care that it happened. They're, they're mad because it happened. She's got to tag along and she's got to right. tag along. Oh yeah. yeah. And the, I mean, the friends are way worse than Christian because they don't give a shit because they're like, they're like, we're oh, no. I, I, like, we know that Christian doesn't want to be with you to be in, to begin with. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the other guy's name was Josh. So I think it's Josh and Mark are the two friends. Yeah. So yeah. So like they don't even want it, like as far as they're concerned, like, hey dude, like you're I'm sure in their minds it's like Dan we're only friends with you, Danny, because of Christian. But at the end of the day, like we don't have any allegiance towards you. And while it sucks that your sister killed your parents and herself, like we're trying to go to Sweden because we want to get the fuck out of here. Right. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I just, oh my god, I hate so many fucking He's got so much peer pressure from his asshole friends, too. That's the problem. Yeah. 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 And, like, they're all bad. Even Paley, because, I mean, yeah, he's nicer, but he's doing it in more of a predatory Mm -hmm. way. He's he's basically grooming Danny. Yeah. But, uh, so, you know, they're all students, and they're all going to the, uh, uh, they're doing. Uh, Josh is doing a thesis on on uh, the, the the midsummer traditions, uh, uh, and the, the thing is that this midsummer tradition thing it's a celebration that occurs once every ninety years, and uh, Josh wants to do his his uh, his thesis on it. Well, you know, Christian hid the trip from Danny and stuff because you know he wants to break up with her before before. The, they leave but uh his friends uh, talk uh, they end up inviting danny along thinking that she's not going to accept that's what christian thought but she ends up coming along anyway you know she probably should have not have come he honestly yeah. shouldn't have asked to begin with yeah but but, but yeah that, that's true but also you know he's also still in that whole thing where it's like he feels he has mm-hmm. to. Yeah. And I mean, and at the same time, I think again, with that mindset, you know, she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to be left alone as because Christian is basically her only, her only person. So she doesn't want, you know, so if he leaves and she's going to be stuck at, you know, in her, I think she lived in a dorm room or something in the equivalent of a dorm room. Yeah, um, I think so. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, they all end up, she ends up to tag along anyway. They all fly to Sweden and they arrive at the, they arrive at the commune and uh, they meet Simon and Connie, who is a couple from London who were invited by, by Ingmar Paley's. Yeah. Yeah. They're invited by Paley's uh, communal brother, uh, Ingmar. Yeah. And he gives them mushrooms, and the, the, they all take. I think Danny they, they take mushrooms, and Dutton Danny take like uh, is it soup? Is it uh, so they take soup? the pure, yeah. They take the pure mushrooms, and they make her mushroom tea. Yeah, mushroom tea. Yeah, and they all do that, and you know they're all they're all you know have they're all having a trip, and Danny starts having hallucinations of of her sister Terry. And everything, and then there's even parts where Danny is seeing 
the the like the grass and stuff like become a part of her. And what's neat is that that is a little bit of foreshadowing showing that she's going to become part of the community. Mm-hmm. And it, dude, the, the, this this whole scene though, like wherever they're they're on this this trip and like they're look it's it's weird because they're like freaking out because one dude's freaking out because they're looking at the time and it's like nine o'clock and the sunshine it's the sun is just beaming on them and they can't figure out why yeah <laughs> they're like wait did it did nighttime happen or what <laughs> yeah and uh eventually I end up getting to the community, community, everything. And the next day, Haley gives Danny a drawing because it's her birthday. And it's weird because on this drawing, there is a picture is it's Danny. And then there's some, there's two runes. And uh, if you later on, whenever Danny becomes the May queen on her dress, uh, there is a, uh, the runes are on the, on her dress, which is kind of neat. Uh, and Christian, of course, being the asshole he is, he forgot that it was her birthday, and he he uh, he chalked it up to them, uh, to the time messing with them. Yeah, which at this point they're kind of this is when they're kind of just getting settled in. Um. Yeah. Uh, Pele is introducing them to everybody. Father Odd, uh, which is like, I guess, I don't know. I don't know who he is to him, but he's he's kind of a big guy in the community. And then um, I think they even have a dinner before all that, but I'm not sure. Yeah. 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 Because it's at the dinner. They're having a dinner. And that's when you realize that there is a one of the girls who's part of the community she seems to have eyes for mm-hmm. Christian, which we'll play on later on. And so uh, during this, there's also, uh, uh, there's also these two commune elders are, are there. And they're pretty much having the dinner for them because they're about to go witness a tradition called I want to say it's at the stupa, but I don't know if I'm correct. That that sounds good <laughs> enough for me, honestly. I, I would have butchered it. And, buddy, they did not know what they were getting into <laughs> when they agreed to watch this tradition. Whew, uh, essentially, it's a tradition where two elders who uh, basically in this in this cult cult in this commune. Uh, when someone reaches the age of 72, they, they end their life cycle because, uh, um, earlier in the film, Pele kind of describes the life cycle to them, to, uh, the American that he brings on. Um, and he says the life cycle is kind of like the seasons. Um, I don't remember the exact ages, but 72 is pretty much the end of, of, of one's life cycle in that community. So... Yeah, and it's they. Uh, they're doing that. 
and they don't realize what what's about to happen. They literally see these two elders, these uh, uh, they're on this uh, giant cliff, and they're down below watching. And the girl, the woman, she drops, she jumps, she uh, jumps off the cliff, and she lands on a rock, and you know, obviously, is dead, very <laughs> dead, from the way it shows. And they're just horrified, like they're like. What? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I would too. I'd be in shock. I wouldn't know what to fucking think. And then the the guy does it, and, and the, 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 they're trying to tell him, you know, don't jump and stuff. And then he does, and this guy just falls straight forward and ends up destroying his legs, but is still alive oh, until yeah, it's fucking <laughs> awful. And, and you know he, he's 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 you know uh, screaming in pain and and it's also here where you, you realize that like uh, they do this weird thing where like they mimic people mm-hmm. to try and to I guess to try and uh, to try and relate to them and and comfort them and so like all these people all the people in the commune are 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 making these wailing sounds while this guy's also doing it and. Uh, some people grab a mallet, uh, and they go and they crush his head and kill him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's why I mentioned earlier, like this film. I mean, you have, I mean, some. The comparison I'll give is like saw level gore, in this amazing imagery, you know, environment of the cliffs and this, you know beautiful you know farm area that's supposed to be set in sweden and it's such it's such an insane combination and as the one of the the head figures and i can't remember her name as she's trying to calm down um two of the guests it's like no Mm -hmm. you know explain as you mentioned earlier she's like explaining like the life cycle and they are one and as they're you know them wailing in pain and I think part of the coal and I'm going to lose to later when we get to the tree part um, is that they are all one, like one being, they're all one with one another. And I yeah. think, and I think that's, and that's the big part as they mentioned is that when somebody dies, it's that they don't die. They basically move their soul onto another vessel. I, that's the way I perceived it as. Yeah. Uh, I think she's, uh, her name is Siv, I believe in the movie. And she's kind of like, when this person yes, dies, uh, this baby over here will take their name and they'll live, you know, uh, with that name and, and they'll live their life kind of thing. Yeah. So it's very interesting. So, you know, after they witness this, they're obviously deeply disturbed, but somebody, uh, you know, hey, one of the, the, the commune uh, people in the commune explained to them what they just saw and try and calm them down. Uh, so they end up deciding that instead of leaving, they're going to stay long enough for Josh to finish his mm-hmm. thesis. Cause you know, he's writing his thesis on, on them. Well, uh, later on the next day, Christian also decides that he's going to write his thesis on them as well. You know, this <laughs> asshole is literally being the person who is, writing his name down on the group project without contributing anything. Like he, like, like from my understanding on 
it was like this is something that was like deeply important to Josh and he's like spent a while trying to get it to happen and then Christian just decides, Oh, I'm gonna write my thesis on it as well. Yeah. Josh is pissed. <laughs> oh yeah, Josh is pissed. This this creates quite the rift between him and Josh. Who you know obviously accused him of copying his idea, which I mean yeah. he fucking did. And I say uh, this like you know when you get into that part of their thesis, and I'm based on that, I'm assume that there may be grad students because typically that's when you write a thesis is when you're getting like a master's degree. Um, mm-hmm. Some people do it for their senior year, but typically that's called like a senior project if they're an undergrad. But when you get to that level, I mean your thesis is very unique to to like yourself like it is not like a normal like oh i'm taking you know an, an intro to psychology class like oh yeah what are you doing your paper on oh i'm gonna do social psych and then 30 other kids are doing a paper on social psych and then 30 other kids are doing it on on um you know on something else like that's not that's not how it works when you when you're doing your thesis it's very unique every student has one that's unique to themselves and so the way that i'm sure that josh is looking is like hey wait a minute motherfucker if you turn in the same paper about this as as I'm, you know, number one, now it's no longer unique. Number two, the you know professor or the or in some cases they have to defend in front of a panel. They're gonna think something is up, yep. and typically, you know, some professors when they read the same thing over and over again. I mean, obviously in this case it's like it's still two, but when they read something again, and then hmm, wait a minute. Like they start like picking things up or they're just like, or they actually could even essentially, you know, potentially grade in a way that's unfavorable towards you. Cause they're like, I've read, you know, 10 papers about, you know, um, I use, since I said social psychology earlier about social psychology and all of you guys are talking about the same thing. Like what makes this unique versus the other one? And so that's one of the reasons why Josh is pissed, especially when you get into collaboration and for me, I can say for a specific, like when I was a student, I hate collaborating. You know, I, I'm not saying that word correctly because I have a speech issue, but I hate working with somebody or someone's like, hey, you want to work together on a project? Because if you're, if each person is writing an individual paper, I found that somebody else's work actually clouds my judge, my judgment and my thought process, which makes it harder for me to write. And you, it feels like then you start writing what they're thinking. And then that becomes a problem. So yeah, I could completely see why Josh is pissed because I'm sure for him he felt like he he found a gold mine, right? Yeah, and I mean even not even just that, like they could even like hit one hit them both for plagiarism or something, you know, which is not something you know they take lightly in college either. So it's yeah, it's wild. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And so while this is going on, Danny also uh, she attempts to leave, but but Pele convinces her to stay, explaining that you know his connection to the community because of him being orphaned, which was which is really kind of shitty because he was because uh, he was saying uh, he was basically trying to get on her side about oh hey look. Uh, I also lost my parents, so you know, well, we have that connection. You should stay. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And uh, during this, Simon and Connie, who was the couple we met from London earlier at the start, they decide that they're going to leave. And an elder tells Connie that Simon had already left with without her. Now, now Simon and Connie, I'm pretty sure, yes. are engaged. <laughs> so why in the fuck would someone's fiance leave without Wouldn't. telling the other? <laughs> yeah. So that's obviously very sus immediately. Mm-hmm. I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, obviously, you know, that's pretty suspicious. So Connie decides she's going to leave on her own. Well, what's interesting is that there's a part later on where Danny is pulling out some uh, pies and you can hear a a woman's wail in mm-hmm. the distance. Which, but it's not, but it's not like mentioned or anything. Yeah, you have to kind of pay attention. You can either hear it very lightly, or if you have closed captioning on, um, they will say that you, you hear that, uh, and we assume that it's Connie at that point. Yeah. Well, one of the dudes who I say looks just like the kid from Toy Story. <laughs> That's like, Mark. Uh, he, yes. It has to be Mark. Eyebrows. Yeah. Eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like Sid. Uncanny. Right? He, yeah. Yeah. He looks just like Sid. It, it's uncanny. Oh, so he uh, he urinates on an ancestral tree. <laughs> and pisses off oh, that buddy, one guy. This, they, this, <laughs> it pisses this dude off. <sighs> he was furious and. I mean, yeah. I, I'll blame them. I mean, you literally saw them earlier putting stuff in the tree, putting yeah. ashes. What? Yeah, ashes. Yeah, putting ashes in the tree. It's like there's clearly something special about the tree. You probably shouldn't piss on it. <laughs> I mean, the other thing I'll also say is like you know um, the character Mark, and as I mentioned earlier, his real name is uh, Will Poulter, I believe. I the other movie I remember him from. Um, was in uh what the hell is that uh was it we're, we're the millers yeah we're the millers with um with jennifer aniston and i can never say sudeikis. yeah jason sudeikis and emma roberts that's when i remember him from um <laughs> mainly he plays like the not exactly intelligent you know teenage boy yeah, yeah he's the one who that meme is made on the uh, uh yeah. you guys are getting paid. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, it's funny you say that because I just saw a TikTok video using that that whole scene too. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know he's like, "What's the big fucking deal? It's a dead tree." I'm like, "Okay." Even besides that, like you don't think it's a big deal because it's a dead tree. You are literally taking a piss in front of everybody. Like the mm-hmm. tree's not even blocking you. Like, what are you doing? Like you could have went a couple steps more into like the forest. Yeah, it's like you know you're in this. You've been in this area for a few days. You couldn't found the bathroom. You couldn't go into the forest. Like you literally are peeing in front of all these women. <laughs> oh god, can't stand him either though. So. Yeah, like I said, everybody's <laughs> shitty in this movie besides Danny, ish. <laughs> yeah, Danny. Uh. I don't know. It, it, it's like a weird. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, he's obviously pissed because this dude's just pissed on his ancestors. And uh, uh, later on, there's a dinner, 
and Mark gets lured lured away by by one of the one of the women there, and he doesn't even like remotely try mm-hmm. and think. Oh wait, wonder what's going on here. He just like literally this girl literally just walks up and says, "Hey, I'll show you, you come with me." And then he just goes, I'll show "She's you. gonna show me," and like, then walks away. <laughs> she's gonna show me and just leaves. It's like something's clearly his, up. You know what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's also at this dinner, um, uh, you see everybody's drinking like this. It's I don't like know a, what, it, really what it is. It's like a, I don't want to say a punt. No, like a lemonade maybe or something. Or I thought it was a tea. Yeah, that's what it, it looks be some like. Some sort of tea. Yeah, but or it's, something. It's. It's, it's like a something yellowish. like that. I can lie though. But, it looks sketchy as fuck though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so I'm, I wanted to bring that up because, right, so you see everybody, everybody's looked the same. Did you notice that Christian's was yeah, a little bit darker? I did not notice, but I noticed that he was like drugged about something. Yeah. Well, see, Christian's was, we're pretty sure was spiked with, with uh, menstrual blood. Because you know earlier they talked about how there is uh, there's a there's a love ritual where you put you, you, where where one of the things is you spike uh, you spike their drink with, mm-hmm. with menstrual blood, and that's when he well before yeah. he even drinks his drink he bites into the the pies that everybody's eating. Yeah, yeah, and he finds yes. pubic hair. And that's also part of the ritual. This is a really <laughs> fucked up ritual. This one also has a mural to it <laughs> earlier in the movie. Yes, it does. A very graphic yes. mural. <laughs> uh, you know, so so, uh, so yeah, Mark's lord, 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 lord away during the dinner, and uh, later the night, Josh. Uh, who you know is right? Who's uh, uh, writing his thesis on the on on the commune? He sneaks into a temple to take a photograph of the commune's sacred runic text. I mean, why oh, would you fuck? This gosh. is just a fucking terrible idea. And an elder, which an elder had previously forbidden him from doing, like he asked him if he could get a, and 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 the guy said absolutely not. It's you know forbidden to, to take pictures. And uh, while he's doing this, uh, somebody comes in. He turns around and he thinks it's Mark because he sees mm-hmm. what looks like Mark, but it's actually somebody wearing Mark's skinned face over I'm their head. I'm almost positive that it's Ruben. The um, the what is his title? It is. It's the, the guy who. Uh, it's the, the the guy who yelled at Mark. Oh, is uh, it? For, 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 oh, yeah, I always thought yeah, it was Ruben, the and, uh, kid who sees uh, the the prophet. I always thought it was him. Yeah, no, no. From what I read, it, it's the guy uh, the guy wearing the mask mm-hmm. that wearing Mark's face is the uh, guy who yelled sense. at him because he said because earlier there was a thing in the movie where Mark jokingly said, "Is mm. he going to kill me?" And he obviously did. Uh, but also, this is interesting. Uh, I don't know if you knew this one. Also, see, uh, whenever he turns around and he sees the guy, and, he, and he's horrified when he realizes that it's just Mark's face. He gets hit behind. He gets bludgeoned by, from behind. That's Pele. Oh, really? 
Yeah, you doubt Ari Aster confirmed it. Uh, I, I don't know if he did an interview or if he or yeah. said it on commentary. But the other yeah. thing I, I wanted to say, though, was that um, with Josh and Mark in, you know, let me go. We already mentioned, mentioned that Mark's just dumb because where he took a piss at. But with Josh, <laughs> like, okay, you're writing your paper about this group that you, as being a college student, you should pretty much figure it out as a cult. They literally had just had one person jump to their death, commit, you know, and the other person fell, broke his leg, and they crushed his skull in with the mallet, a, a massive hammer, wooden hammer. If somebody tells you these are our sacred, you know, texts, and no, you can't take pictures of them, <laughs> one would think you probably should listen to every direction this group is telling you, because if you don't, that they your life is probably not worth that much to them and they have no problem taking your life. I I don't know. I mean maybe it's just me. I but <laughs> yeah, dude, exactly because just from seeing that alone, I would be so fucking terrified to be here that I would literally be walking yeah. on eggshells to make oh. sure I did not do anything to remotely oh, disrespect literally, in the them. middle of the fucking day when all those people like did everything they you know after they committed you know the jump i would have fucking ran i would have ran as far as my feet could take me and i would not have come turned look back around i would have left everybody there or whatever positions i had i would have been out i would have found the first bus stop the first police station and got the fuck out of there mm-hmm. yeah but unfortunately they're like really far out like the, the like the, they even couldn't even bring the cars where where they actually are. Uh, so after all this is going on, and you know, keep in mind now this is this is now four people mm-hmm. who are missing. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the, the next day, Danny gets talked into taking some more psychedelic <laughs> drugs and this is where she ends up uh, entering a dancing competition where they're going to be the, where the winner uh, is, it's basically like this, like you have to keep dancing and the last person left standing is going to be crowned mm-hmm. a May queen. And while this is going on, Christian is drugged. And gets and is pretty much forced to engage in a sex ritual <laughs> uh, that is designed to impregnate uh, the young girl earlier who is uh, facet, who is uh, infatuated with him. Maya. Her name is Maja. Yeah. Maya. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that that fucking scene. What, what the hell? I. <laughs> I. <laughs> I mean, I know what this is probably where the Swedes things. were like, oh, man, this, this is the comedy right here, baby. <laughs> yeah. JR, what do you think of this scene? The, um, the sex ritual. You know what scene. <laughs> um, <laughs> God, like, it got really weird with that old lady came up to Maya or and like held her hand they started singing 
<laughs> and then it would just like you see Christian looking up and you know that he's drugged, but it's like he's just like, What the fuck is going on? Um I mean to be fair, I mean there was a similar scene, not not with the not with people naked, but in the Da Vinci Code about you know the pagan rituals of sex. I mean it just was like <laughs> it's very I, odd. Right? I mean could but even if you break it down, this is like you know, if you think of like the art form of like film, it's like okay. So this is this is what we I have this you know Aster talking to the the women and you know all the women and the one the one guy Christian it's like this is what I imagine so all these old women are gonna be naked standing there chanting and singing and then Christian <laughs> we're gonna have you on top of Maya as you guys are you know pr- you know we're gonna have this sex scene and then this one lady come up to and hold her hand and start singing Sweden in your face so like all right we're all good all right break. And not to mention, they even start helping Christian and pushing down <laughs> on him. <laughs> what the fuck was Ari Aster thinking? <laughs> it, it was pretty funny. And it, it, it was also like, it, it, it's like, you know, people think it's just like weird singing. They're actually mimicking yes. her moans because this is what, this is what, this is what that they do, that they mimic whatever somebody's doing because yes. you know, they're trying so, to stay in yeah in the end they at the end all women start moaning but wasn't in the beginning though one woman came up to Maya and like held her hand like wasn't she singing in their in this in their faces yes okay. yes and then the old yeah. lady was pushing his yeah. butt later <laughs> yeah yeah and you know this is all happening and then uh our our may queen danny uh she gets she gets taken around and 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 everything, and then she eventually is g- getting she curious. Them, I think she hears know, them Chris, singing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think she hears. Yeah, she hears what's going on, and then she asks uh, the people who are with her what's in there, and they tell her that that you know she doesn't want mm-hmm. she doesn't want to go in there, or or th- that's not for her, and she of course uh, doesn't accept that and. She run. She goes in, and this is where she ends up finding Christian and Maya, mm-hmm. and sees everything. And, and she is obviously, you know, beside herself, and she runs out, and uh, she, she's crying, and you know, she's in hysterics, and, and the people are mimicking yes. her uh, again. Like the people run out, mm-hmm. they mimic her cries and stuff. And uh, after the ritual. This is interesting. This makes me, while I still hate Christian, I respect mm-hmm. the actor who played Christian for this. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not. Uh, after the ritual, Christian comes to his senses and he ends up running outside. Well, he runs outside yes. and he's completely naked. Okay, so in the original script, Christian was not supposed to be naked. He was supposed to run away in the robe yeah. that he entered in. But Jack Rayner, who plays Christian, he, he suggested that he run out completely nude to appear um, a more vulnerable because he said that uh, uh, he was inspired by – he just watched the, the movie, uh, the original mm-hmm. Last House on the Left, and he said he was inspired that uh, most films like that in the horror genre, the female characters are disrobed yes. and humiliated 
and are salted before they get killed. And he felt that it was due time that they make a male yes, character. I did hear that. Uh, I think in an interview with and, him. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, okay. I may hate your character, but respect for, Absolutely. for, for you for that. But, uh, you know, he runs out and everything, and he discovers Josh's leg planted in a flower bed. Like sticking up. I <laughs> know. Uh, yeah, they didn't make it to. They didn't try to hide it. And then he runs in another place, yes. and this is where this is. I love this. He discovers Simon's body, and uh, so Simon's fate is. Uh, I I I mm-hmm. would hate to be Simon. Uh. Simon has been turned into a blood eagle. A blood eagle is based off is a is a Viking ritualized execution uh, method called a blood eagle, in which the victims are placed in a prone position. Their ribs are severed from the spine with a sharp tool. Their lungs are then pulled through the opening yes. to create a pair of wings. Here's here's the here's the crazy part. The victim is supposedly still alive and conscious through the process and the whole thing and doesn't die until sometime afterward from blood loss. So whenever Christian runs in, Simon is most likely still alive in that fate. Yeah, like you see, and and we don't, and and I don't know if it's. Yeah, because he could still be drunk. You see the lungs move in the movie. Yeah. You see them breathing. So I don't know yeah. if it's from the drugs or if he's still actually alive and breathing. Yeah. And uh, so he sees that and then he turns around and an elder is there and he, he blows uh, this stuff into his face, which mm-hmm. paralyzes Christian. So then we're getting to the finale. The commune leaders uh, end up explaining to Danny that in order to purge the commune of its evil, non-human sacrifices must be offered. The first, the first four victims are, are outsiders lured to them by Paley and Igmar. The next four, uh, four victims uh, must be commune members. But and as the May Queen herself, Danny gets to choose either Christian or local villager to be the ninth and final victim. And she chooses to sacrifice Christian. <laughs> Good for her. And and Christian is stuffed into a disemboweled bear. And uh, he is then, you know, you know Christian can't move. He, he's conscious and he can feel everything, but he can't move. Mm-hmm. And he can't say anything either. He is uh, wheeled into a, a wooden temple alongside some other people. And, and, and this is interesting because one of the, one of the other commune members who are one of the, uh, the sacrifices, so this guy comes in and he gives them uh, you from how you tree. Yes. I think, yeah. was, was, I think I'm saying that right. Yeah. And he gives it to the first guy and he tells them, uh, you know, feel, feel no pain. And then he gives it to the other guy and he tells them, feel no fear. Well, they end up, you know, setting this place on fire. There's a bunch of straw around them and they end up setting the whole temple on fire. Well, you can see the guy. What's interesting is that the guy who said, feel no fear. You can see him look at the guy that the guy told him to feel no pain. And you can Mm -hmm. see that he's terrified. And then when the actual fire starts getting on the guy who says, the guy told him to feel no pain, he's welling Mm -hmm. in pain. 
which is interesting because it's like they're finally showing that wait everything they've said is that it's been a lie but there's yeah. nothing I can do about it now it's wild and yeah and you know, they set that whole thing on fire and obviously they all die in uh, Christian <laughs> the, yay celebration uh Danny is looking on through the whole thing and she's got this really awesome she's covered in flowers it's really awesome. Uh, Danny and Danny, Danny is, uh, is, uh, you know, she's sobbing in horror, which gradually turns into her smiling there though, at the end, as we close the movie out, which is interesting because there is a, like I said earlier, there is a, a son at the start of the movie that has a, a like a demented, smirk on his face and then at the end Danny has the same exact mm-hmm. uh, expression yeah it's oof. yeah I mean and two yeah. things I wanted to bring up the first one was in part of the imagery is in the very beginning when they get to the, the village they have this bear in a cage and they had talked about the bear and when Danny and we get to the end and Danny um, was told she has to like between the local when the local cult members or Christian uh, nothing was said, and then we get to basically inside of a barn, and we see uh, one of the older men, and he's two, teaching these two boys essentially how to dissect um, something. And you're kind of like, at first, I was like, oh, like they're gonna like they're gonna they're gonna dissect Christian, but they're actually dissecting that bear and removing like all the insides out of the bear. And then when they go to the temple, which is, it looks basically like a wooden barn and they have all this, you know, hay in it. And you see, they put the dead bodies of the four outsiders that we've come to know as well as, um, you know, the two of the already dead members, as well as two of the living members who've sacrificed themselves. Then they will in the bearer and Christian is inside the bear suit. And it's like, and he's supposed to like represent, you know, like the the ninth figurehead or ninth animal or or something of that nature. And it's just very just insane because he's still alive, but he's like paralyzed and drug inside of that suit, that bear suit, as everybody catches on fire, but he can't say or do anything. And the yeah. that imagery and the effects of him burning uh, of the whole everything from you know the whole set, you know, on fire, you know, they it was just insane and the last part i mentioned is we talk about danny and at the end you know at least with that smile is of how she's gotten to the that point from the very beginning of going through that traumatic experience of losing her her sister and her and her parents in that you know double murder suicide and the trauma of going through all that and essentially trying to find her sense of you know a place for belonging um is and showing that you know basically she's being groomed is that because of all of that trauma she went through makes it easier for her to become part of this cult member and that's what we see at the very end is that she's fully embraced this mm-hmm. this community and every and all the crazy shit they've just done sure yeah it's absolutely insane <laughs> uh What's inter- a, a little interesting 
the tidbit is uh, the whole midsummer ritual. It revolves around the number nine. the The complete ritual lasts for nine days. There are nine lives that that are sacrificed to purify to purify the commune. In addition, uh, Pele explains to Danny that and the rest of the people that the cycle of life uh, that is conceived by by his people marks at uh, marks at eighteen years the end of childhood nine times two uh, of youth at thirty six nine times four of maturity at fifty four nine times six and of the aged. Uh, and of the aged and end of life at 72, nine times eight. In addition, the feast itself is celebrated every 90 years, nine times 10, implying that each one of the sacrificed equal 10 years of purity for... Harga, yeah. Is it Harga? Yeah, Harga's, Harga's people. The feast's name itself, Midsummer, has nine letters. And at the beginning of the movie... I don't know if you notice this. When Danny leaves a message to her parents, the answering machine counts up to the number wow. nine before it leaves the frame. The importance of nine derives from the old myth of Odin, the father of all the Norse gods, who was hung mm. upside down for nine days in order to bring knowledge to the world. Okay, and then there's also, it happens every 90 years, too. I was, I was thinking about that. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. I didn't even know all that. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Oh yeah, there. Uh, there's just so much awesome stuff in the background of this movie that people don't realize, and, and there's just so much foreshadowing. Because like, uh, I think because like, yeah, I, I think we touched on it, but like, you can the whole plot for the movie is shown in the very beginning. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> it was also weird is that you know even though this is like a horror movie besides like two well two three scenes most of this movie yes. takes place in the sunlight which was in very interesting choice to do that yeah, absolutely like i think that's what makes it even cooler in a way because like i think even jr brought up earlier too like most movies that are I guess borderline horror and the horror genre in some way are usually a dark. Uh, and that's, what's really cool about this one is, is that it's not um, personally. I think that's what makes it more interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. I agree. Well, uh, you know, have was midsummer. Uh, I'll let JR talk thoughts? a little bit because just to give more of what he thought about it as a, as a whole. Um, you know, I just go back to add is hopefully before they got to this point, people have watched the film, but it's just, if you haven't seen it um, and to what you all just said earlier, it's like you really got to pay attention to it because you pick up a lot of, you know, interesting tidbits and information. Um, it's a very fascinating movie, just not from, not just the plot, uh, the character development, the score, the cinematography. I mean, there's a lot of work that got into this film. This isn't something that was thrown together at the last minute. I mean, I, the thought process going into this um, is extremely detailed. And it is, it's really a work of art if you really break it down and, and think about all the different aspects of this film. So, um, like I said, it's not my typical cup of tea, but I definitely enjoyed watching it. Um, 
for this review and you know enjoy talking about it. Yeah. Yeah, I will add that like uh, this, and even though we're not talking about it, uh, Hereditary is another movie. Uh, as much as we, you know, as much as you know, I hope that anyone listening to this has already has already seen this movie at least. Uh, but these these are movies that I highly encourage people to to watch, but make sure you watch it when you're, when you're in a good mindset, because these are really heavy movies and not something you'd want to watch. If, Absolutely. If yeah, you're not definitely. in a good mindset. I, mean, I don't know if we should have said that in the beginning, but I would think anybody who's going to listen to this should have probably seen it yeah. at this point, I would assume. So. Yeah. Yeah. These are yeah. very heavy movies, but yeah. Uh, I guess we'll get into our rankings and see here. What, what what should we use? Cubic pies? No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> there we go. I, I guess I'll say flowers too. Like All right, that works. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, we'll do it out of, out of five flower crowns. And so Cece, since this is you're the oh. guest and this is one of your favorites. It's going to be a, How many flower crowns are you going to give this? A cop out. I'm going to say five because, because you know me. Oh, love, five. Okay. I love this movie too much. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm i right there with you. Uh, I, hmm, I'm not going to give it a five. I'll give it a solid four. Okay. Solid four for me. It's really, really great film. Uh, there's not a lot of things I don't like about it, but yeah, I don't know. It, 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 it's not, it, it's not one. Uh, I, I guess uh, it, it doesn't have a lot of replayability mm-hmm. to me simply because it's very heavy and it's a movie that like, this is not a movie that I would put on just to watch. Like I really have to like, I really right. want to watch Midsummer. I get that. Yeah. Uh, for me, how about you, Jammer? I'm gonna rate it kind of high. Um, I'm gonna. I want to give a four and a half out of five. The only, the Good drawback, job. I think is, I do think, uh, it is a very long film, and I do think that there is a possibility when I look at it that there is some scenes that went too long. Or there's some parts that drag that you can potentially cut it down by 20 minutes. Like, you know, knowing that there is an extended release that's close to three hours, I'm like, okay, what else did you add? Because I actually, like, I think every part of the film is important. Like, I think all the characters are important part of the film for the development of the film. I think every everything that's thought out from the dialogue, um, the imagery, the scenes, the characters is extremely important to the overall aspect of the film, including the two shitbag friends. Um, you know, even the, you know, even the people, Simon and I think it was Simon and Connie or Simon, you know, the other ones that were brought in um, to be a sacrifice. But there are some parts where there's, where there is no dialogue and those scenes kind of drag out. So I think you can cut it down. I think by cutting it down, potentially could add to the replay availability 
for me, it's just like knowing that this movie is two and a half hours long. I'm just like, man, it's too long. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to sit there and watch a film for two and a half hours. It's like one of my favorite films of all time. You know, the, my top two favorite films is Halloween and Godfather. It is so hard for me to watch The Godfather because I know I've set three hours of my life aside. Right. You know, it, that's the only thing for me. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I mean, Cece has the yeah, director. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. To be 170 minutes. minutes, I'm just like, I don't know what else they add that would make the film... You know, and that's one thing that I know it's always talked about when people look at films like, how could we make this film better? Could we cut this, add this, change this character, you know, add in more character development, give this character more screen time. Um, but with this film, like, I really, you know, I, I actually would be interested in seeing the extended cut when, you know, I'm able to set aside that time because I just don't know what you could add that would make this film better. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, his next movie will be four hours. Well, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's we'll that's what I've heard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so that was Midsummer. Uh, hope everybody enjoyed our little discussion of it. I had a fun time. Always great being with too. you guys on here. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah especially <laughs> talking about one of your favorite movies. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Jr. Uh, 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 we recently had a, a watch party on the Discord uh, for it because we mm-hmm. showed Andy it for the first time, <laughs> and it was hilarious because Andy every fifteen minutes Andy was like, "No, I mean, for me, you know, I'm seeing God watching it and earlier today because I always like a movie I haven't seen before. I want to make sure it stays as fresh in my mind as possible before I go through the review. So, so yeah. I so I waited till today yeah. to watch it, and you know, my wife is in the room, and and all of a sudden I'm I'm here, and we get to the scene of the um the cliff scene and i'm just like okay this lady's gonna jump off but i wasn't expecting how gruesome it was gonna be so when she planted on that rock i was like holy fuck like i screamed it (laughs) and then then when the old man went and he jumped off and he fucking fell down like a sack of potatoes and snapped his leg i was like fuck shit dude that was and then they then they showed a close-up then you start seeing the close-ups of it. I was like, Jesus, like, it's so brutal. And that's what I'm saying. You have this, ins- yeah. like, these insane, gory scenes. And I think one of the things is, it's not that just the fact that, you know, other films, like horror films are done at night, but it's even films that are shot, like, that have day scenes. Like, the look is is still darker. Like, either, the, you know, the has, like, I can't think of the proper word what it is, but like the, um, you know, it's like the lighting or the look is kind of like red or it's a little bit more the the lighting even this even daylight is like dimmer. This film is very bright. Like the the day scenes are extremely bright. It's extremely sunny and yellow. I think and so that's the part that's so interesting and fascinating is like how do you have this extremely bright setting? with this horrible gruesome gory scenes yeah yeah absolutely yeah well uh with how how colorful and bright it is and everything uh 
I can't even imagine what it would be like for someone to oh, you know, drop acid and watch this film. Yeah, I mean, even <laughs> if you look at it, like, um, be, even if you take, and I'll give you, like, the Lost Boys. Like, if you go look at the Lost Boys day scenes, just compare those day scenes to something like, to, you know, the scenes of Midsummer, and you could just tell, like, the lighting is so, in those other films are just darker than this one. It's just, like, I think the, I think the, the, the proper technical term is like hue h-u-e i think it yeah. is yeah and it's just like you know you can mess around on your tv settings you know to change like your picture the shading of your television and it's like in midsummer they they turn that some bitch up to 100 <laughs> yeah it's beautiful oh yeah uh it's cool. There was a in twenty twenty in April of twenty twenty, A24 announced uh, oh, the, an I wanted the dress so the bad. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Ariana Grande actually tried to buy it but but she was unsuccessful because apparently mm-hmm. from her reading she's a massive fan of this to the point that she even on her twenty seventh birthday yeah, she had a yeah, midsummer birthday and everything. But uh uh, yeah, they announced an auction, and they ended up raising over a hundred thousand dollars for the uh, for FDNY found mm-hmm. New York City Fire Department Foundation, and uh, the the uh, the uh, May Queen dress, uh, which was a silk flower dress worn by Florence Pugh herself. Uh, it was purchased by the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures for $65,000. I believe it's the new museum in uh, LA that just opened, I think, or is opening. And I want to go there so bad. I think so. The, the bear headdress worn by Jack Rayner was uh, purchased for $4,760. Here's the one Here's the one I would have <laughs> wanted. The mallet used to crush this cult member's skull was was uh, 10, was uh, purchased that. for $10,000. <laughs> Yeah, and then other villager costumes uh, were sold in the $4,500 range. And all the proceeds went to that foundation, and they raised over $100,000. I, I want that. <laughs> I wanted the mallet. That would have been awesome. But, yeah, th- dude, I can't even imagine like, what it would have been like if somebody, if somebody like who was a fan of the movie won the May Queen dress. Oh, that would have been insane. I'm glad it's in the museum, though. Because again, I really want. Yeah, to go for there, sure, one hundred percent. Yeah, it, it, it looks, exactly. Now Take people pictures, can visit it maybe, and and, like and go and see it. Yeah. Other than you know some asshole collector just putting it up mm-hmm. and never letting people see it. <laughs> uh, but yeah. Uh, so I guess uh, we'll get ready to close this one out then. Uh, CC, since you're our guest. Uh, let everybody know where they can find you yeah. and anything you um, want to plug. So, this episode will be going out, what, on Fridays, right? You guys will release on Fridays? Yes. Okay, so our episode would have already been up then. Okay, so we have an episode. Uh, I'm from the Scream Queens podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at ScreamQueens85, along with my co-host Jess. Uh, we talk about HHN, Halloween Horror Nights, and horror movies uh, or other horror media. Um, we do have an episode coming up on Wednesday the 26th 
so it'll already be up by the time you will hear this. Uh, it will be Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. We're going to be covering that movie. So it'll be exciting. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Yeah. I can't wait. Uh, uh, JR? Man, school is out for summer. Time to have fun. Get all those summer horror films ready. Yes. And we're also reaching the halfway the halfway point to Halloween. And just fucking, man, I can't wait for October to get here, too. <laughs> Halfway to Halloween. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. It's always Halloween. Hey, you know what I mean. <laughs> Halloween kills. That's, that's, yes. why more, that's, why, that's why I'm. That's why I'm more yeah. excited this oh, year yeah. than yeah. Because when we get a Halloween in October, I'm just, Heck I'm just yeah. like, let's get that ready. Same, dude. I can't wait for that movie. And coming up, uh, uh, I'm excited for a Quiet Place Part Two, and. I think uh, we talked about it. We're actually going to probably do a watch party in our Discord. We're going to do uh, yeah. The Conjuring 3 here soon. Mm-hmm. And I can't Candy wait for man. that. Oh, it's just so much out. good stuff. Candy, there's there's so much good horror coming in. But then the icing on the cake, Woo. January 2022. <laughs> Scream. Same. God, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm so fucking excited. I'm trying not to overhype myself because I don't want to overhype myself and get disappointed. But at the same time, I truly trust the team behind it to the point that I think I can yeah, do that and I won't I be disappointed. Because the team behind it made yep. Ready or Not, and I love Ready or Not. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, th- thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. We appreciate all your support, uh, whether you're a new fan, old fan, a reoccurring fan, whatever. Uh, just uh, thank you guys so much for, uh, for for listening to us and supporting us. We couldn't do this without you. Uh, thanks as always to our wonderful uh, editor and my good friend Carmen at CarmenChildrenAvTech.com. Always making us sound wonderful. Shout out to everybody uh, who is also part of the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. We we love being part of the network. It's I mean it's brought me so many wonderful people in my life, and I really don't know where I would be honestly if we never started this podcast and didn't join the network. I never met so many of you, especially UCC. Yes, I love it. So many good people. <laughs> so many wonderful people. Uh, but yeah. Uh, you know, uh, well, we won't we won't say what we're doing next month yet because we'll release that on Twitter. But it's gonna be pretty fun, I think. I can't let I talk to Jr. into letting me do <laughs> this themed month. But yeah, it's gonna be another theme month. We're, uh, moving forward, we're gonna try and like do theme months. Uh, I'm sure every now and then we'll probably have like a month of just random things that we want to do, but I, 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 I want to do like theme months. I, I think that'd be fun. And I'm also wanting to implement starting on the next episode. So anybody listening, if you have anything you want to throw at us, uh, hit us up on Twitter at trick or treat pod. Uh, I want to start, list, start implementing listening, listener questions. So send us some questions and keep them, keep a horror related and we'll answer it on the show. I think, I think the, That'd be a fun thing to do. That'd be awesome. Yeah, uh, because if I mean I have no oh, problem yeah. answering anything, but I would I would not mm-hmm. be asking you for life advice because I would not want to be responsible when your life goes to shit because of my <laughs> advice. So. <laughs> also, we're gonna get like those dear Abby questions. Dear oh, 
Dear trick-or-treaters, my boyfriend thinks I'm like, hey, I'll answer it, but don't be mad at me when you guys break up. <laughs> I, I think that would be absolutely hilarious if, if people sent us oh like God. life advice questions. <laughs> Dear trick-or-treaters. I'll be like that episode, it'll be like the episode saved by the bell they did the scene line. I'll be like, Zach, I'm like, you know, answer your question, send me the check, but everybody's going to be broken up by the end of this week. <laughs> <laughs> wow but yeah uh so uh that wraps up this episode thanks everybody for listening uh we hope you all have a wonderful uh night evening morning whatever it is you're listening uh, uh to this episode in and uh continue to stay safe out there and just thanks so much with that being said it has time come to uh, bid you adieu goodbye good night Stay creepy, <laughs> but don't be a creep. And and stay creepy, but don't be a creep and jump in people's DMs. Okay, don't be don't be that person. Anyway, bang. <laughs>